community visit. It's Sunday, it's seven o'clock, and time for the Scots Whehe Show. She said my accent was bad He's worn a frown This Caledonian clown I'm just gonna have to learn to hesitate And make sure my work on this assassination's no great But I wouldn't know a single word to say If I flattened all the balls and I threw the yard away Some days I stand On new green and pleasant land How dare I show face when my diction is such a disgrace I'm just gonna have to learn to hesitate To make sure my work on this accident is okay But I wouldn't know a single word to say If I flattened all the balls and I threw the yard away You say that if I wanna get ahead The language of you should be left for dead It doesn't please Uriah That's the pretty that's of you To be understood by you Perhaps for some money I could talk like a be dripping honey I'm just gonna have to learn to hesitate To make sure my words on this assassination's no clear But I wouldn't know a single word to say If I flatten all the balls and I threw the yard away You say that if I wanna get ahead The language of you should be left for dead It doesn't please you yeah. Just refuse to hear He's been so sad Cause you said his accent was bad He's worn a throne This Californian clown I'm just gonna have to learn to hesitate To make sure my words on this accent is okay But I wouldn't know a single word to say If I find all the balls and I threw the other way and that, of course, was The Proclaimers and Throw the R Away from their classic debut album, This Is The Story. And our book recommendation for this week is Billy Sloan's autobiography, which is full of interesting facts, including that that song was the first one that The Proclaimers played live on telly on the tube, as it happens. More fun facts later, but for now, hello and welcome to the Scotsway Show on Cam Glen Radio with me, Ali Braidwood. I'm going to play you the very best Scottish music between now and nine o'clock, and we also have all of our regular features. Our artists of the week are The Passing Sages, and I'll be talking to Nick from the band as well as playing a couple of songs. The featured album is Rachel Sermani's beautiful Dreamer Awake, and I'll play tracks from it. And we have book, TV, podcast and gig recommendations for your consideration. However, before we get to all of that, each week we start the show properly with three of the best new releases. And this week we begin with Dancer and Cordon Bleu. 
Cordon Bleu.
those three tracks was Cordon Bleu by Dancer from the brilliant EP as well which is out now with Gold Mould Records and I just love it. I'm sure I'll play another track from it in the coming weeks. And then you heard the latest from Frankie Morrow called Cruel. It's always great to have new music from Scots with Hay favourites Frankie Morrow and there's a great video to go with that as well so do check it out. And just there other Scots We Hate favourites, it's Wojciech the Bear and Second Place on Purpose. And their next album, Shaking Hands with the NME, will be out in April next year. And it's produced by the legendary Stephen Street, who has worked with the Smiths, Blur, 
Lloyd Cole, uh, New Order and many, many others. Cannot wait to hear that album. I'm going to continue with the new music next. This is the latest single from Josephine Sillers and Lachlan and it's called Stuck in Horror in brackets literally anything. That was Josephine Sillers and Lachlan and Stuck in Horror, open brackets, literally anything, close brackets. It's taken from the Someone Else's Breakup EP and the track features, you may have noticed, a voice note from the actor and all-round good egg, Michael Sheen. Now it's time for our book recommendation for this week. And talking of good eggs, it's the autobiography 
of Billy Sloan, the legendary DJ and music journalist Billy Sloan. Here's a bit from the front of the book to let you know what's going on. When legendary music journalist Billy Sloan was 15 years old, he saw The Who play an incendiary live show at Green's Playhouse in Glasgow. It was just the beginning of a lifelong love affair with music. Just a few years later, he was backstage interviewing the likes of Keith Richards and David Bowie at the height of Ziggy Mania, and it has been a life and career full of extraordinary moments. In One Love, One Life, Billy now tells his stories from the stars, from skipping Christmas dinner to see the Sex Pistols at the peak of their notoriety, to friendships and adventures with some of music's biggest names and scoops that have hit the headlines. As well as legendary music and gigs, there's Grace Jones in the bath, candid conversations with Rod Stewart, football in Brazil with Simple Minds, a tour of the White House with Paolo Nettini, close encounters with U2 and so much more. Plus the interviews that definitely didn't go as planned. Brilliantly entertaining and searingly honest, One Love, One Life is an incredible insight into the music industry, the stars we love and an unmissable backstage pass for music fans everywhere. And what a life lived it has been. There are so many huge names in the book and some great facts. For instance, I didn't know that Johnny Marr had had trials with Man City. There's also a great breakdown of Rod Stewart's spat with Michelle Moen, which seems very timely. And there's also great stories about fellow Scottish broadcasting legends such as Tiger Tim Stevens, Dougie Donnelly, Paul Coyer and Jackie Bird. But it should be said, Billy goes to gigs of all shapes and sizes. I've often seen him at gigs by up-and-coming and unsigned bands. It's not just about the big names, absolutely not. Billy Sloan is a legend in his own right, but what comes across in the book is his passion for the music, and that is unfaltering. A hero of mine, and I think for most people involved in and with Scottish music. If that includes you, you're going to love the book. It's called Billy Sloan, One Love, One Life, Stories from the Stars, and it's out now, published with Black and White Publishing. Now, if you were listening to last week's show, you'll know that our Artist of the Week was Carla J. Easton, talking about her new album, Sugar Honey, which is out now. And from it, this is Carla J. Easton, and be okay.
was T.A. and Sweeter, the first single released since their 002 or 002 album, which came out last year. And T.A. are Sean Sneddon, Ben Curling, Ben Robertson and Sophie DeRose. And before that, you heard Be OK by Carla J. Easton, a track taken from her brilliant album Sugar Honey, which is out now with Olive Grove Records. Now it's time for Ali's Comfort Break, that time in every show where we play you a track longer than those usually played on the radio. And this week it's the full 7 minutes and 29 seconds of Flew the Arrows, Huntress. Find my joy to see me calling the night. 
eyes with her feathered iron drum by the lakes that hard does lie. I know, oh, I know sooner can she be gone. So for now I must sing this song and I'll be listening for her call. The strangest of dreams occurred in my And that was Flew the Arrow and Huntress. And Flew the Arrow is Lee McGilvery, who I bumped into at the Niche Family gig recently. But Lee, as well as releasing great music as Flew the Arrow, also organises the brilliant Gathering South sessions, which are on each month at the Old Toll Bar in Glasgow. 
And the sixth edition is going to be happening very soon. They go under the name now Gathering South Presents live at the Red Door Club. They're down in the basement of the Old Toll Bar. They're brilliant nights, I promise you. This latest one is going to be featuring Sarah Jane Scouten and Jerry Foreman with Ruth Eliza, plus one more act which is still to be announced. If you've never been, then I do recommend you head to at least one Gathering South session before too long. That was Ali's comfort break for this week. I'm going to return to the new music now. This is the latest from Blue Milk, and it's called Take Me There.
beautiful song that is. That was Hannah Jane and Where I Want to Be. And Hannah Jane says about the song, she wrote this from a place of feeling lost in life but still wanting to pursue her dreams. Following your dreams is an amazing choice, but there's a huge amount of sacrifice and it is a tough journey to choose yourself. And we've played and loved Anna Jane's music on the show before, but I think that's the best thing she's done to date. It's just gorgeous. And before that, you heard Blue Milk and Take Me There, the latest single from Glasgow's Blue Milk. And apparently the name comes from the Captain Beefheart album, Safe As Milk. But I just love their real blues style. They're dedicated to playing the modern blues. Now it's time for our TV recommendation for this week. And it's a new season of an old favourite because it's the return of the big Scottish book club. Uh, last week there was their crime fiction special. Here's a bit more about it. Damien Barr is joined by Shetland and Vera author Anne Cleves to discuss her new novel, The Raging Storm. Lauren Lyle, star of the series Karen Pirry, which is a brilliant series, reveals how she brings the Val McDermid character to life. And on the 30th anniversary of Trainspotting, Irvin Welsh talks about the ITV crime series and his latest novel, The Long Knives. True crime podcasters rate Truman Capote classic In Cold Blood, and crime readers at the Shetland Noir Festival in Lyric recommend their favourite reads. That's available on iPlayer at the moment, as is the most recent episode, where Damien is joined by historical fiction legend Maggie O'Farrell to discuss her novels Hamnet and The Marriage Portrait. Rochelle Neal, star of the Windrush series Three Little Birds, reveals the books that inspire her. And Kane Prize winner Leila Abalela shares the origins of her latest historical novel, River Spirit, a book we spoke about on this show earlier in the year. Lifelong fans of Alice Walker's The Colour Purple share why they love the novel. And Colin Grant, Michael Pedersen and Jackie Kay share their personal histories through memoir and poetry. And there are further episodes to come, but if you haven't caught up with the latest, they are on iPlayer at the moment. It's a great programme for anyone who is a book lover. This is the Scots Way Show on Cam Glen Radio with me, Ali Braidwood. And next, it's our featured album for this week, which is Rachel Sermani's Dreamer Awake. For me, it's one of the finest of the year. We'll be talking about those kind of lists very soon, I guess. Exhibit A for that claim is this track. This is Rachel Sarmani and Liminal. One, two... Mm-hmm. 
That was Rachel Sermani and Liminal, taken from our featured album for this week, which is Dreamer Awake, and I'll play another track from it later on in the show. Now, there's a new album from Barry Can't Swim out, and it's a fantastic album as well. From it, this track is called When Will We Land?
Oh man, how good is that? That's Barry Can't Swim and When Will We Land, taken from the new album of the same name. A future featured album on this show, surely. Now it's time for our Artist of the Week, and this week it is The Passing Sages. In a moment I'll be talking to Nick from the band, but not until you've heard their new single. This is The Passing Sages and Agatha.
And you've just heard Agatha, the new single from The Passing Sages. And I'm delighted to be joined by Nick from the band now. Hello, Nick. Hello, hello, Alistair. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you so much for playing the track. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, before we talk about the band, um, what can you tell us about Agatha? Well, it's a, it's a song that, that's been in the works for some time. Um, so when the, the band, I know we're going to talk more about the, the history of the band in a minute, but when the band first started out, we were I was doing a lot of work with a local songwriter called Jonathan Kearney. So it was actually an idea that he first had, and he, he kind of brought it to me, and we, we tore the whole thing apart, worked out chords, worked out parts, did loads of things with it. And then we've, we've had it in our, our set for the last few years now, and it's always been a song that's gone down really, really well. Um, I think it's just got this perfect blend of, it's basically, it, I th for me, this song is like everything that the Passing Sages tried to do from the get-go, which was incorporate all of this sort of like 70s, 80s disco sort of flair with, you know, with sort of more modern sort of sensibilities and stuff. So I think it, this this track is like the culmination of everything we've ever done, kind of all coming together in one. So um it basically, the song tells the story of, and I'm totally not going to read our song description that I've got beside me, but um, it tells the story of a force that chooses someone um, when they're feeling down or low in confidence and with electric energy puts them in a euphoric mood. And me and the, Jonathan, the original writer, we, we've had so many conversations about we never wanted to, to make a statement of who or even what Agatha is. We'll leave that up to the listener's interpretation. It could be a person, it could be a thing, it could it could be absolutely anything. Um, but yeah, and, and it just oozes all this sort of like early eighties Motown and disco stuff all together in, in what is just a fantastic song. I hope other people think that. Um, at least it always goes down so well when we play it live. It's funny you should say that because I think it's a great example of what you do best, which is a real soul funk song, but also bringing it. It's a song that. Every time you listen to it, you hear something else that you didn't before. And maybe that's the kind of depth of the production going on. You go, oh, there's mm -hmm. things there. Oh, there's, you know, there's lots of different things kind of happening in it. Um, so talk a bit about your music and your influences. Why was this kind of music for you and the band? Um, so I guess when, when this project first started off, it was uh, myself and our bass player, Ian, and our original drummer, Sean, we had just come off the back of like another project, which is more a sort of pop, rocky type thing. And we weren't really sure what we wanted to do next. And we all, I, the three of us, have such like a wide range of like interests. And uh, it wasn't until I started doing some work with Jonathan Kearney that he proposed the idea that we become, in a sense, his backing band. So we were doing our own stuff on the side, which was more sort of like funk rock, think sort of Red Hot Chili Peppers type stuff. And we just kind of started doing these songs with Jonathan. And then I uh, I quickly realized that I just had such a love for, for this sort of style of music. Um, I mean, one of my guitar heroes and music icons is now Rogers from Chic. Yeah. Um, so everything, it was weird. Like when I started working on this stuff with Jonathan, I started finding it so natural to write guitar parts and arrange the songs. Whereas my... I thought my focus before that was all like rock bands and stuff. And people see me with like the long hair and the black clothes and they think he's a metal guitarist. And they think that's all I'm into. But I kind of discovered this sort of like passion for soul, pop, funk, disco type stuff that just seemed to come so naturally, uh, at least when working with Jonathan originally on it. 
it's interesting because Chic are one of my favourite bands. Absolutely, I love them. Yeah. And I guess still, disco has certain connotations for some people, but the best disco music is absolutely up there with, you know, the, the very best. And, and often Nile Rodgers has been involved with it. And yeah, and people don't even realise how many things he's been involved with. No, no, absolutely. You know, you'll get Bowie fans. I mean, they probably do know the real Bowie fans that he was involved because it's been spoken about so much. Mm-hmm. But just so many different things that he's been involved in in particular. But the rhythm section of Chic as well is something that, you know, was just kind of blew everyone else out of the water. Absolutely. And what I love about them, like Dara Rogers' music and, and Chic in general is there's on, on, the, on the top layer, they're really like catchy, straightforward songs that people can sing along with, you dig deeper and there's just layers and layers and layers of loads of interesting stuff, loads of interesting chords and flavours and textures going on. So that, I think, definitely like a huge influence. And then, obviously, other groups, like like things that me and Jonathan would discuss a lot, are bands like sorry, Earth, Wind and Fire and, of course, ABBA. And I think ABBA are another group that get, I don't know, they get this sort of bad rep. Sometimes people think, oh, that's just that pop group that people sing at karaoke. But again, if you really look at their songs, they're so technical and, and they're incredible. And there's a reason why it's, that music like, sort of stood the test of time. But yeah, I, I love like, what you said there about disco sometimes has like, these negative connotations. And it does. But the hilarious thing is you play it live, people can't help but dance. People can't help but just have fun. And I think that was a big thing from the get-go as well, as we, we wanted to focus on making... Don't get me wrong, there's time and a place for, for sad songs, emotional songs, deep songs, and I, I love those. There's loads of my favourite songs are like that. But we really wanted to kind of bring some fun and joy to, to things a little bit. And there's been this constant little thing whenever we're writing a song, we're like, right, is is this song too too sad? Do we need to cheer up somehow? Because sometimes we do just need a little bit of, I don't know, um, joy in our life. And so you, you said mentioned ABBA and Sheik and Earth, Wind and Fire, and I can totally hear all of those. Are there any other influences that you would mention? Oh man, there's like so so many um, things like uh, like Shaka Khan and Prince uh, as well. Like we we've we actually for a while we we do like a Shaka Khan slash Prince um, mashup, which is actually it's two Prince songs put together because he wrote some songs for Shaka Khan. And yeah, yeah. um, so stuff like that, and then. Uh, personally, for myself, like from the more sort of rock side of stuff, I'm a massive extreme fan. But at the core of all Nunabet and Court's licks, it's all really funky and rhythmic stuff. Um, so it's kind of all of that. And oh man, there's like there's too there's too many. The list the list could go on and on and on. But everything from even things like uh, like the Commodores and stuff as well. Just all this great music that when you what I love about going back and looking at some of these older tracks is. Again, it's like the layers and the texture underneath where I, I just know from like going through studying music at uni and college and then teaching guitar. So often I'm teaching songs or I was learning songs there where it's like it's just these really basic flavors underneath. And and there's this joy. And when I go back to listen to these older tracks, I'm like there's so much more going on there. Yeah. On the top, there's this really nice, simple melody that you love. But for those that want the extra flavor underneath. And I think that's what we tried to bring to the table with the Sages a bit as well. And all these bands that you've mentioned uh, have got the bands themselves can really play. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about Motown and you've got the house band in Motown and they're just these most phenomenal musicians that they yeah. can use. I think that's the thing is the playing. 
people maybe hear funk or they hear a, a they might say disco, but some of the musicianship that's going on there is at the, at the highest highest level. Yeah, I think because a lot of these musicians as well, they know they know their place and they know when they need to do the fancy thing and they know when they just need to lock it in and be absolutely solid. Because um, I, I know for myself, being a guitarist, we're, we're constantly pressured into like the really fast shreddy stuff and playing a million notes. And I just got to this point where I realized that didn't actually excite me anymore. What excited me was these funky rhythms and flavors. It's all about flavors. Maybe I just really like food as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what you mean, you've mentioned a little bit about the history of the band and how, you know, you started making this kind of music, but then how did it develop to the band we know today? So uh, after myself, uh, Ian and Sean and Jonathan worked together for a good few months, if not, no, it was a good like year and a bit, actually, because we had another singer involved and they, they went away to Australia for like months to, to travel, came back and then realized they didn't want to really do music anymore. So we just worked as, as the four of us for a while. And we did some gigs, actually, where we were like the backing band for Jonathan. But he knew himself. He wasn't the performing wasn't wasn't where he was really wanting to be. He wanted to be behind the scenes, writing the songs and all that sort of stuff. So it was about it was about sort of August 2018, I believe it was, we started looking for a singer to front the band. And uh, at the at the time, there there wasn't there wasn't really we didn't have a, a sort of idea in mind of exactly what we wanted. But I think we were verging on this idea. We maybe wanted a female at the front, just because in a weird way, whenever Jonathan would write vocal melodies, he'd write these really really high difficult parts. I don't know if again it's this sort of Earth Wind and Fire falsetto type thing or the Isley Brothers and all that sort of stuff. But he was writing stuff up there. We're like, right, we need people that can get up there. So um, we, we put uh, the, the words out that we were looking for people and we had a few people get in touch. And then we had these two, we had Holly and Carrie get in touch with us. And uh, I think what it was actually is Jonathan had uh, approached Holly because he knew her before they'd done a few things. I think Jonathan knew Holly's dad. And I'd, I realized I actually knew Holly before as well. We'd um, played like on a few bills at gigs together. And turns out years after like, a year or two of being in the band, we discovered we'd done uh, a theater show once in Kirkcaldy together when we were in like primary school, or, like first or second year. We didn't, we didn't remember each other from it, but we were both in it. Um, so yeah, so we, we held these auditions and Going into, I think we were just looking for one, yeah, like one singer, and we we did them both, and I immediately was like, they, both are amazing, and I I could feel straight away. I was like, I think their voices are going to work together, and I was going I was going heavy into my Nile Rogers phase at that yeah, time. Yeah, and I was like, let's just do the chic thing, yeah. let's do the ABBA thing. It means we have, we 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 can have harmonies constantly live that are just brilliant we have the i love as well sometimes not even just doing the harmonies but sometimes just singing in unison and the power that comes from that it's amazing so uh they we put the idea to both of them we were like right would you would you be interested in this and luckily they both said yes and it just it was great they didn't know each other beforehand but very quickly their voices just went right together it was like a match made in heaven it was excellent and uh, yeah, then a few months after that, we did our first gig um, at PJ's in Dunfermline, supporting um, another great local band called Moonlight Zoo, um, at their sort of big Christmas do that they did. Um, and that was like one of our first main gigs together. Um, I mean, I think the first track of yours I heard was Destiny, which I'm going to play later on. And it's rare to hear a band who are new to you who sounds so fully formed, you know, as if they've been going. Mm -hmm. And that because and maybe it was because it ticked a lot of my musical boxes and you had the chic references and the Shaka Khan ones, a great reference. But uh, 
So did you quickly become the, that band that, that's on that record? Did, you, did it work quite gel quite well? Yeah, I think so, because that was our second release that we put out. The first release we did was um, a track called Your Love Makes Me Happy that also had, we released on that another track called I Was Wrong. And um, so a bunch of those songs, like that one, and also Destiny, were already pretty much written before we had um, Holly and Carrie in the band. So it was a case of they came in, we maybe rearranged bits, changed keys of stuff, sorted things out so it worked for them. And yeah, kind of very quickly, it all just came together. I think some of these ideas as well, it's, although it seems like they came together really quickly, some of them are ideas Jonathan had when he was in like his 20s. So that was a good like 30 years ago. So there's some of them are ideas he's been toying with for ages and just hasn't had the sort of vessel for them to get out there. So that, that was kind of special as well because I felt this extra, not pressure as such, but responsibility that I was kind of the one leading the, the charge with getting these songs that have been in, in, around for a while, but now getting them out there a little bit. So no, it did, it did kind of come together quite quickly because we put well, we put the first EP or the first single out in sort of May 2019 and then Destiny came out. It was the, it was the start of 2020 before everything went wrong. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you that because it sounds to me, I mean, I've never seen you live. I would love to see you live, but um, it sounds like live is a big part of what you do. You don't make this kind of music just, I think, to be sat and heard in someone's room. It's about mm -hmm. being together and the, the dancing and the, you know, sing along and all those kind of things. So lockdown must have hit you pretty hard in that sense when you're just about to kind of maybe move up a level. Yeah, so I think we'd we done a lot of work prior to, to when lockdown stuff happened. And I, I think we were we were in quite a, a fortunate position. There was so many other people that had a much worse time um, during lockdown. We, we were we were in a nice, I guess in a nice place where we hadn't gone over the, the top yet. We weren't at that point where the passing stages was our life and was our career. Um, and so in that sense, it was kind of fine. Yeah, we were just starting to get the ball rolling and then it, it just kind of stopped. Yeah. But then it meant that we we actually still worked loads over over lockdown. We were doing a lot of Zoom meetings together. We were doing a lot of record. Luckily, quite a few of us have recording stuff at our home, so we were recording and working on stuff. And actually, during lockdown, that's when we, I think what it was, we were we pretty much done most of our recording for what was going to be the Burning Up EP that we then released at the end of that year. We'd done a bunch of it already. And then what was nice, because we had all this time, Originally on the track, we had loads of like MIDI trumpets and trombones and stuff. And what was great was I, I was suddenly like, right, I've got time. I used to play clarinet. I still do. I was like, right, I'm going to put real clarinet on it. And then I was like, Ian, can I can I just come and get your saxophone? I used to play tenor saxophone. So I was like, surely this can't be any harder. The hardest thing was I had to transpose everything from guitar to clarinet. To, uh, it was a nightmare. But um, yeah, it meant that then on this track, we put real real instruments on it and to me that, that kind of lift elevated the tracks on that a little bit so it was kind of nice having that sort of forced lockdown and forced pause and everything actually meant we could do more work on it and improve it and better it and then we we planned our music video and basically as soon as certain restrictions lifted in that august of 2020 we were over at a warehouse in edinburgh and filmed the burning up video which turned out fantastic and then released the EP in, in November that year. So no, in a way, in a weird way, certain elements of it were good because we could focus a bit more on, on our craft a little bit. But yeah, it meant that there was no playing live and there was no practicing together. And what about the future of the band? Because you mentioned before we started talking, it's maybe not as certain as it once was. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted with what's happened recently. Um, basically, I, Holly came to us like last week, I think it was, and it's just kind of come to the realization that maybe music isn't something that she that she wants to be a focus of her life in the way that it is. I think she wants to enjoy it more as like a love and a hobby rather than feeling it as like a job. Which from the get go, that's been the case with the past stages. We haven't approached how we do everything like it's a hobby. It is a hobby, don't get me wrong, but we've approached it in a very business-like way. There's a there's a reason for them. Everything's been very structured, and we're always pushing forward. So, um, she made that announcement last week, just before we did a gig last Friday, and uh, everyone was feeling a bit like, oh my goodness, because from when she came into the band, she has become a sort of a huge part in the band. The main sort of core team, I would say, in terms of the writing has been myself, Jonathan, and then Holly. So a lot of our, she, she brings in a lot, it's great, she brings in a lot more of the sort of modern side of stuff. Yeah. And then Jonathan brings in a lot more of the retro, and I kind of like, my job is like to merge it all together. <laughs> so um, after she kind of said all that, the initial thought was like, oh my goodness, like literally things are things are feeling like they're just starting to take off now. Like this year has been our busiest and most successful year as a band. Um, Agatha is now our third release out. And the other two we put out have already got each over 20,000 streams. They've been getting out loads of radio plays. We were doing festivals all the way throughout the summer. We had our first tour as well during the summer. And we were already, we're already booked at the moment to play Mugstock Festival next year because it was meant to be on this year and it got postponed. And there's a bunch of other festivals that have already come like our way. And so it was like, oh my goodness, everything is just kind of happening <laughs> and it's all kind of stopping. So um, we then had a, a meeting as a band to see what the options were, hopefully maybe, because Holly had mentioned that she, she really enjoys the writing side of stuff and the production. So I was like, well, maybe there's an option for, for you to work in that capacity. But she's very like, no, she just wants to kind of take a break from everything, which is fair enough. But then, unfortunately, that meant that both Carrie, our other singer, and Daniel kind of said the same thing. They, in their mind, were like, we don't see how this works without without Holly. And I was like, ah, because I, I feel like it can. I feel the music is so good and so strong. Um, I was speaking to this about, with my mom a few days ago. Even, like, Carrie's performance over the last, like, six months has gone through the roof. I don't know if it's that she's just not got the confidence to be up there on her own, but she totally could manage that stage on her own. Um, or we could have been we could have looked for uh, another singer. So that's kind of where things are at the moment. In that it's kind of like the end of the passing stages. But myself and Ian, we are so passionate about the music, and we know that the music's good enough. Um, so I guess if there's anyone listening that wants to be in a band that does this sort of music, uh, we've got stuff lined up. Um, so get in touch because <laughs> I'm hope I'm hopeful that. Though the, we can we can reform something from it because I I think it's I I feel personally it's too much work um and too work that's been too positive to kind of just let it all all go. Uh, I mean it sounds very recent and probably very raw. So thanks for coming on and and letting us know. And I do wish you all the best with whatever you do in the future. It sounds like yourself anyway is going to still be involved in music. And from a personal and perhaps selfish point of view, I really hope the passing sages keep going because I would love to see you live. We're one of those bands where I think on our Google Drive in the song idea bit, there's like a good 50, 60 songs sitting there. A lot of them very fully formed. We just haven't had time to get around to them. So I, I know that there's a big catalogue of work there that 
Um, we'd love to get to. I mean, Ian joked there was about the possibility of doing a sort of Nile Rodgers and Sheik thing, where it now becomes Nick Holson and the Passing Sages, and we get other people in, or we we find a sister sledge, sledge type group and we just become their backing band or something. But I'm hopeful that we can do something with that. I mean, I, I'm in another band as well called Stay for Tomorrow, which is completely different. It's like alt rock type stuff. Um, and that's that. Hopefully, I don't want to jinx anything, but that's going really well at the moment. We just got a new bass player and who's phenomenal. So yeah, I definitely this isn't the end of me doing music for sure. But I'm worried what I'm going to do with all my sparkly jackets. Well, do keep in touch with new music from State for Tomorrow and also from the Passing Sages or whatever that becomes. But Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. I think Agatha is a really, really strong single. So you know, all the best with it. No, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I think we're. Even though this has come to the end of the passing stages, everyone has said that we are so proud of the work we've done. And I, I, in a way, it's kind of nice that Agatha's the one that we've put out now because it's it's the it's the culmination of everything, I feel, and it, it shows us off in the best light. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the passing stages and a particular favourite of mine. This is Destiny.
And that was Passing Sages and Destiny. And thanks again to Nick for talking so honestly to me. I really appreciate it. You're listening to the Scots We Hey Show and I'm Ali Braidwood. And a previous artist of the week was the artist formerly known as Natty Dread, now simply known as Natty. This is the latest single, Ashes. If I were to cut my hair Or dye it funny colours Or if I were to overshare And jump from one trend to the other Would you tell me I was brave Or that I threw it all away If I were to sell my clothes And live amongst the trees Or if I were to diagnose myself with yet Another blind disease of the mind Would you still be kind? So I'll hope and I'll stay forever this way But I will not forget the way it made me feel
Well, the first of those two tracks was Natty and Ashes, which is taken from the terrific EP called Older, which is out now. If you enjoyed that song, check it out because it's fantastic. And Natty's going to be on tour in November. At the 15th of November, she's going to be at Stirling at the Tollbooth, on the 16th in Gala Shields at the Mac Art Centre. On 17th, she'll be in the tunnels in Aberdeen. 18th, Dundee at the Beat Generator. Then heading down to that London on the 26th of November to be at the Camden Arts Centre. Back up to Newcastle, where she'll be at the Clooney on the 28th. Manchester on the 29th of November at the Deaf Institute. Before heading to Edinburgh in December, the 10th of December, at the Caves. And I haven't managed to catch Natty live yet, so I'm going to try and do just that at least one of those gigs. And just there you heard Juniper 3 and New Kind of Blue, taken from the Juniper 3 EP, which is out now. Here's a bit more about it. For their self-titled debut EP, Juniper 3 have created a stripped-back intimate record that gives the feel of a live session. Simplicity is key, with the trio's lush, seamless harmonies very much front and centre. And I think that track 
New Kind of Blue shows all of that beautifully. If you enjoyed it, you will love the EP Juniper 3. Now it's time for our podcast suggestion for this week, and it's a drama, a podcast drama. It's Three Sisters, a story from the climate future, and here is the trailer for it. The Big Light and Platform London present... We are the children of the chaos. In response to it, our lives were supposed to be beautiful in the project, but the truth is that things have not gone as planned. The chaos pursued us. And this place has been strangling us. We need to start again. It doesn't have to be this way. We could love each other, try to understand each other, care for each other more, but this just doesn't happen. The idea that we should just push out the older members of our household. It makes me feel quite sick. I I don't understand you, or you don't want to understand me. Don't you realize things have changed now? There's no collective living anymore. I am not going in there. I do not go into that house now, and it does not belong to me, and I don't belong to it. Fly away, dear. Fly away, and Three Sisters, a story from the climate future. Listen now on all major platforms. And that's the trailer for Three Sisters, a story from the climate future, which, as you heard, is presented to us by The Big Light. It's produced by The Big Light. Three Sisters, a timely and thought-provoking drama based on Chekhov's Three Sisters, and it's available now on all the podcast platforms. Next is a new release from Savage Mansion. This is There Goes My Habit. i 
And that was OMG and giving him my number. And OMG is Glasgow, Southside of Glasgow as well, producer and songwriter Owen Gibson, who says he navigates the tragedies and hilarities of mid-twenties life through the pop-tinted glasses of ONG. And that is a cracking pop song, and sometimes you don't need anything else other than that. And before that, it was the latest release from Savage Mansion called There Goes My Habit, and it's out now with Lost Map Records. We return now to our featured album for this week, which is Rachel Sermani's Dreamer Awake. And from it, this is Grace of Autumn Gold. Take my rest to sleep, my body broken When I wake up on my breast, the fire has awoken Who are you? I cannot see But I can feel you moving Like a shadow over me Dark water, cold and soothing
glow. Let me breathe the finest breath that God has ever drawn. Let me die the greatest death and see another And that is Rachel Sermani and Grace of Autumn Gold, taken from our featured album for this week, which is Rachel Sermani's Dreamer Awake. It's just a thing of beauty. And if you've enjoyed the two tracks we've played you on the show, do check out the album, the full album. You will not regret it. And now it's time for our pick of the gigs for the coming week. And on Tuesday the 31st, Dora Lachaise is going to be at Leith Depot, supported by Megan Black and Isabel Strange. That's going to be a cracking night. Then on Wednesday the 1st, Cloth are going to be playing at Stereo. These are all sounding like cracking nights, I have to say. On Thursday the 2nd of November, the legendary Soup Dragons and the equally legendary Vaselines are going to be at Galvanizers, which is at SWG3 in Glasgow. And also on Thursday, the 2nd of November, Tidelines are going to be at the Perth Theatre in Perth. And to round us off, on Friday, the 3rd of November, Baz Jan are going to be at Nice and Sleazy's in Glasgow. And that's our pick of the gigs for the week ahead. And let's play a track from one of the bands mentioned there, Dora Lachey's and Johnny Slater. As I said, they're going to be at Leave Depot on Tuesday and they are wonderful live, I promise you. This is the latest single from them and it's called Bluer Skies. Bluer skies on golden
First it was good, then it was bad, then things got ugly, then things got sad. A fistful of dollars won't make things okay, so pick up your iPods and press play. She's got a sad cowgirl playlist, and she listens to it. Whenever she feels blue, she's got a sad cowgirl playlist And she listens to it And never, ever, ever thinks of you Angel Olsen has a plan Patsy Klein understands Tammy Wynette is always true Dolly Parton will see you through She's got a sad cowgirl playlist and she listens to it Whenever she feels blue she's got a sad cowgirl playlist and she listens to it and never, ever, ever thinks of you You know ladies and gentlemen I've got my own sad cowgirl playlist I just stick on some Kanye West and I go for a run So whenever you feel that way honey Just dust off your Stetson Your pink cowboy boots Gather your posse and ride into the sunset She's got a sad Cowgirl playlist And she listens to it Whenever she feels blue She's got a sad Cowgirl playlist And she listens to it And never, ever, ever thinks of you That was Peter Johnston and Sad Cowgirl Playlist. It was the country version. If you enjoyed that, check out the city version, which is available as well. And before that, you heard Dora Lachey's and Johnny Slater and their new single, Bluer Skies. 
And that's all for another week. This has been the Scots with Hayes show and I've been Ali Braidwood and I hope you've found something you wish to investigate further because that's really what the show is all about. If you missed any of it or would like to listen again, head over to camglenorg forward slash listen again or you can go to scotswithhay.com where all the old shows are available. Coming up next on Cam Glen Radio is Paul Puppet with The Spangled Show. And I hope I'll see you same time and place next Sunday to do it all over again. I'm going to leave you with a band who gets several mentions in Billy Sloan's autobiography. In fact, Jim Kerr has written the foreword. This is Simple Minds and I Travel. Take care, have a great week, and I'll see you soon.
How do you look after your teeth and gums? Brush your teeth um, every every time you wake up and at bedtime. Make sure you get like everywhere around your mouth, even the back of your teeth. If you kind of don't, then you'll have don't fall out. If you don't look after your teeth, you'll get black and brown. To help keep your teeth and gums healthy, visit the dentist regularly. To register with a dentist, simply telephone or visit a practice in your area and ask if you can register with them. You can find a dentist near you using the NHS Inform service directory. Cam Glen Radio, community announcements. LD Let's Talk are running a suicide awareness campaign group. During tough times, they are here to help and talk if you feel you need it. You can find LD Let's Talk on Facebook and Twitter. LEAP is holding a fun and friendly group for older people in Cambuslang and Rutherglen to come together and share memories of growing up in the 1940s, 50s and 60s. What games did you play as a kid and what mischief did you get up to? The group meets every Thursday from 1 to 2pm in the Rutherglen and Cambuslang Housing Association based on Hamilton Road in Cambuslang. To register, call 0141 641 5169. And finally... Spring Hall and Whitsburn Youth Development Team's free football nights have kicked off again. They're on every Thursday night from 7 to 8.30pm at Whitleburn Community Resource Centre. It's free to join and aimed at young people aged 11 plus. I'm David Cuthbertson and that's your community announcements on Cam Glen Radio. If you have an event or activity happening in Rutherglen or Campus Lang, let us know. Email whatson at camglenradio.org or for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local.